This is Marketing Today from Melbourne, Australia, your number one podcast for news and commentary on some of today's top marketing stories. Now, here's your host, Peter Wagstaff. And welcome back to Marketing Today, episode number 90. Wags here with our UK correspondent, Cole, not on the couch, but at Cambridge. Well, I'm not. <laughs> in fact, I'm not. I'm not on a couch at all. I'm. I'm sitting on some uh, very old and very, very hard concrete steps of a library because it's where I can get the best internet access. Um, uh, yeah, the, um, this, the buildings here were designed before internet. They've got very thick stone walls. Not good for the wireless. So you're on your laptop on Skype coming through uh, Cambridge's wireless network. Correct. So, um, hello from Clare College in Cambridge. Um, <laughs> good. Could you could join us from Mexico? Yeah, well, indeed. Now, since I'm in England, of course, the first thing we talk about is the weather. Yesterday was a beautiful, warm, sunny day, right through from 8 o'clock in the morning when the conference started. Uh, then it finished at 6, and there was a one-hour gap before the uh, before dinner at 7. Uh, so a few of us went out. They, they've got these flat-bottomed punts that go, go up and down the, the river here, the Cam, uh, over which there's a bridge, hence the name of the place, Cambridge. Uh, so we get in the boats and some poor students actually pushing us along because you get pushed along by a guy on a pole and uh, <laughs> ten minutes hang on the guy on the pole is not standing on the back of the boat like in Venice yes Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. Except, except they're much lower. Yes. Yeah. And if there's an enormous, enormous bloody red clap of thunder and the heavens open and it pelted down. God, it was funny. So we were sitting there under umbrellas. It was the funniest thing. Absolutely saturated. And uh, I think that's the last of the sun. I thought I was said goodbye to the sun when I... Um, Sort of approaching Heathrow, but uh, anyway, here I am in the middle of an English summer. It's about ten degrees, and uh, it's seven thirty in the morning. Now you're at a, um, uh, a conference on on branding. Is that correct? Tell us about the conference. Uh, well, the, the conference itself is really interesting. Uh, really interesting indeed. Um, uh, it's you know, it, it's only sort of one day into a two and a half day conference. So mm-hmm. I might tell you a bit more about it when I when I get back. But there's been some really interesting, uh, really interesting stuff um, discussed. Tim Ambler is here. And uh, gave gave a great presentation on sort of back to basics mm-hmm. uh, that we shouldn't try and get over sophisticated about things because essentially all marketing and branding is relatively simple. You just need to know the basic ground rules and the techniques for how to address them. So, aren't those ground so, rules uh, changing it, though with uh, with new technologies and with global financial crises and all those sorts of things? The ground rules aren't changing because human beings haven't changed. The ways in which you um, uh, you address those ground rules have, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, with these wonderful new uh, uh, sort of new technologies, like uh, as you were saying just um, uh, just before you hit the record button, you know, the, uh, the wonderful new technologies we're mixing digital with print, for example. Absolutely, uh, and it was, it was it an is, article, is, article recently that just came out, and it's uh, the 18th of September, that edition of Entertainment Weekly, for those that haven't read it yet, is going to have, and this is a US-based, um, entertainment-based magazine, glossy, junk junk content, basically, but uh, they're going to have embedded within it a, uh, a little mini video screen, uh, about the size of your mobile phone screen, and um, it's going to contain up to 40 minutes of previews for television programs, uh, advertising for Pepsi, I think, have signed up for it. Um, amazing technology to be embedding that within a print publication. 
Um, they're likening it to I, the, um, um, you know, the, the, those greeting cards that you used to be able to get. You'd open them and they'd, they'd play a tinny little tune. So they're likening it to that. Um, yes, sorry, Cole, over well, to you. I'm sorry, Wags. I, 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 yeah, I've seen it before. I've seen, seen it all before. I've seen the Harry Potter films. Yes. <laughs> well, is this uh, science fiction <laughs> becoming real? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, looking forward to seeing that. We'll have to get hold of one when we're, um, uh, when we're back in Oz. Um, I, I've got a question, though. Uh, just environmental sustainability of, of a product like that. I mean, it's bad enough with all of the, uh, the glossy paper going into landfill and so on, but now we've got e-waste contributing to, uh, uh, to the problem. I, I don't think it's a, a very wise idea that we, we head too far in this direction. Sure, it's an interesting gimmick which people will be excited about, um, and certainly people will pay attention to the, the Pepsi ads in, in that for sure, but uh, long term it's not a sustainable option. Well, I mean, yeah, separating out the, uh, the the paper waste from the e-waste will be the tricky thing, won't it? Um, and I, I suspect that's not going to be as easy as all that. Paper doesn't have to go to landfill. You put in a different bin and it gets looked after separately. But I don't think anyone is actually going to go stripping the uh, the video screen off quite right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, I mean, that, that people's behaviour is, is is interesting. Um, mm. The a couple of things, couple of things that have struck me, uh, not so much as a as a marketing professional, but as a visitor here in England. Uh, I travelled up here on on Monday, which was uh, the Monday of the long weekend, summer long weekend here, the yes. bank holiday they call it. Um, in London, everything was open and was going to be open late, and the place was absolutely full of people celebrating the bank holiday. Uh, being London, uh, that meant that, uh, but you know, by mid-afternoon there were people literally falling over drunk in the street, which was not um, uh, not particularly uh, not a particularly attractive sight. You know, King's Cross Station. Uh, which is near where I was staying, took the train up here. So if, uh, it actually, it wasn't four in the afternoon, it was earlier than that. It was one uh, thirty or 2 o'clock, and there was a sort of seven or eight-year-old kid trying to uh, trying to help his mother up to her feet, which was... Um, Sounds a bit like uh, Melbourne Cup Day. Interesting. Uh, yes, a bit like that, I guess. Yeah, a, a bit <laughs> like that. The, the Notting Hill Carnival was on, which uh, uh, I think was a focus of celebration. But anyway, everything was open. Uh, a great opportunity for doing business, for... Um, uh, shops, restaurants, pubs, the lot, everything was open. So I got on the train to come up here to Cambridge, very fast train, uh, covered some hundred kilometres in, I think, 45 minutes, mm -hmm. which is not bad going at all. Uh, get here to Cambridge, where everything's closing early, because it's a long weekend. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, I mean, it's really fascinating because it, it's, it's summer, so uh, the main teaching semester isn't happening. Uh, there are clearly more cameras than there are computers in this town at the moment because it's peak tourist season. Now, there's tourist buses um, sort of double parked on the, uh, in, in, in the main drag. Yes. And any number of people out there. Uh, doing the photograph thing and standing in front of King's College Chapel and uh, looking at the magnificent thing and uh, or not looking at it, just taking photographs of it quickly because the bus is about to go. Uh, and here in Cambridge, they haven't yet, well, they haven't realised that basically certainly over summer, it's not a university, it's a theme park. Yes. Uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah. it, it's a collection of lovely buildings. And the locals, of course, hate it. I had, had a bit of a chat to the... Um, uh, to, 
people here, the, some of the locals, and they, they absolutely loathe it. I mean, they, they hate just being photographed without being looked at and spoken to. Um, they feel like some animals in a zoo. But I've got to ask, to what extent does Cambridge, Cambridge cash in on this? Do they uh, look at, at one of the services they offer as actually tourism rather than purely education? Well, I think they're, they're certainly making more out of tourism than they are out of education at the moment. Although, I mean, frankly, this, uh, this conference, they're charging me over $100 a night for a uh, uh, for a single room with a um, with a toilet and shower up, uh, up the corridor. So you're saying student, student accommodation, obviously. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it's it's wonderful, uh, <laughs> provided provided you um, uh, you know when to make a dash for the bathroom. Because a hundred bucks a night, my God. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not bad. So they're, they're doing a right out of education, although it's edu tourism, I guess. Yes. Um, <laughs> But you know, the, the university has been here for a long time. They've got banners out in the city saying, because uh, it's actually the 800th anniversary of the founding of the university here. 800. That's it's a long bad. time. It, it, it certainly is a long time. Uh, the banners, mind you, are saying 800 years of innovation. <laughs> uh, which is good because, I mean, innovation can be described in a number of ways. Now, I happen to know that this wonderful innovative university uh, only actually started giving degrees to women sometime in the last 20 years or so. No, it's, uh, surely it was more than 20 years ago. Uh, yes, it probably was actually because they, there have been women here. But the uh, women who studied here in the uh, in the 1950s, such as an elderly relative of mine, uh, got the call only in the last 20 years, saying, "Dear madam, um, uh, we, we noticed that you fulfilled the requirements of a degree here in the 1950s. Would you like to come back and get your degree now? Because we now we've now decided that women can get degrees after all." Um, she, she got a certificate saying she'd satisfied the requirements of a degree, but wasn't actually given a degree because the university statutes didn't allow them to do so. And how long that would have been, what, 40, 40 50 years ago? Yeah, that was 50 years ago. Yep. Um, yeah, my, 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 yeah, this is my aunt. She's 80 now. So it'd be 50 or so years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sometime in the last 20 years, she, she got a call, uh, she, she got the letter saying, um, uh, uh, saying, come and get your degree like now this mass graduation with all these <laughs> all these um, sort of retired women, women elderly retired. women yes <laughs> yeah coming back to, uh, to to get their degrees because this major innovative university had decided that women had brains as well as men uh, but I haven't yet been able to find anyone who's, who's able to um, who's able to um, uh, to confirm the date that that happened I think yeah, there's sure to be someone there. Ask around over your next couple of days and see see if you can find the exact date. There'll be a, there'll be a plaque somewhere. Yeah. I'm sure they'll be proud of their innovation. Yeah, yes, yes. I'm uh, I, I look forward to look forward to finding that plaque. Yeah. Yes. Hey, I'm I'm surprised how uh, how well Skype is keeping up here uh, with this uh, with this chat. You heard the news today that uh, eBay have just um, just finalised the sale of of their Skype business. Oh really? Who to? To, it's a private equity firm they've sold it to, so uh, it's uh, it's a whole range of organisations that have got money in it. But um, have a guess how much they sold the Skype business for? No idea. One point nine billion US dollars. Huge. That's insane. That is insane. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I really wonder. I mean, wow. I'd love to see how much revenue uh, Skype is generating at this stage, or whether it's uh, the potential to generate a lot of revenue in the future. Yeah. Mm. Um, that's 
Yeah, but it, but it, it, ha- it has to be potential, doesn't it? Because the technology is not perfect at the moment. That's right, and, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here on, a, on the library steps, the breeze is just picking up. It's not all that, it's not all that warm. Didn't you say it was summer? <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. It's English summer. <laughs> and, uh, I, I would go and get my jacket on, but it's still soaked from last night <laughs> on this bloody boat. <laughs> Oh. Uh, but, but but that's not Skype's fault. That's the underlying infrastructure, of course. No, no. Now, while you've been away, Colin, you probably haven't seen the uh, news, unless it happened just before you went. Um, you're aware that um, at the end of this year, Connex is losing the the contract to run Melbourne's trains, and uh, we've got the new yeah. the new group um, headed by Hong Kong's MTR business that will be running the trains. And they've announced a, and I know you love the use of this word, a rebranding campaign. Um, and they're spending. Oh God, spare us! <laughs> what, what, what do they mean by rebranding? They're going to put a new logo on, same crappy trains, same crappy people. Yes, yes, logo. yes. Great, great, yeah, exactly. I haven't, I haven't seen any of it. I knew exactly what they. So, how many millions are they spending on the new stupid new logo then? Twenty-five million dollars of the on basically a new logo, painting the trains, and I think they're going to uh, fix the air conditioners on them as, as well. And that's about it. <laughs> Absolutely despair. Mind you, mind you, heard something brilliant um, at, at the conference yesterday. Um, there was a, uh, somebody was presenting on place branding. There's a place called Neustadt in in Germany. That's um, it's in a fairly boring part of Germany, which is most of it. Whoops. Um, <laughs> Careful. And, and and they just they decided they differentiate themselves. And, and I kid you not, well, I mean, this guy said it was for real. Uh, that all the houses in that town have to be painted yellow. What? And there's and, and you heard me right. This guy he insisted it was true. I haven't gone online to check. Check it out. It's called Neustadt. N e u s t a d t. Neustadt in Germany, and uh, the the, uh, the slogan is Hello Yellow. Yes. And uh, and, and there's a, there's apparently a, do- a dozen different shades of yellow that you're allowed to paint your um, uh, paint your house in. <laughs> Why? What's what? What's the purpose behind that? Uh, differentiation, branding, perhaps. These people have got no idea. Oh, well, we no did idea. in Melbourne with our taxis. Why can't a whole town do it with their homes? Well, did the taxi service get any better? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that many people would tell you what a brilliant, uh, world-beating taxi service we have in Melbourne. We've got the world's most expensive taxi service, I'm sure. Oh, poorest. I don't know if it's the most expensive, but it's certainly the worst value for money. I think. Mm. Um, <laughs> Oh, well, we'll have a look at that, and but, uh, in fact, I'll put a link to that uh, that town in the show notes so we can see yeah. it. But $25 million rebranding. The Connex name is going, and it's going to become uh, Metro is the new name. Metro. Oh, that's a good idea. That'll, that'll make a difference, too. Yeah, well, that's, uh, yeah. people will then mix, confuse it with the rail service in Paris. That's the Metro, isn't it? Uh, yes, indeed. Except Well, except the one in Paris works. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh. Now, Colin, we've got some listener feedback this week as well. Uh, I had a, a message uh, through from uh, Bianca, who's um, who's studying marketing, a postgraduate marketing course in Sydney, um, and she works in the publishing publishing industry up in Sydney. So, uh, hi, Bianca. Thank you so much for your feedback. And uh, and uh, she said she's she could have a question coming up in the next week or two. So please call that through to our feedback line, Bianca. Number at the end of the podcast, and we'd love to uh, to have a bit of a conversation about any topic that we're discussing that you'd uh, you'd like to talk about. So thank thanks for that, Bianca. Yeah. Would be uh, would be very interesting. Of course, the publishing industry is what I used to work in before I uh, uh, before I took the PhD and became an academic. So it'd be very interesting to hear from Bianca, indeed. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, publishing industry going through some big changes at the moment too. And uh, in fact, Colin, the uh, you you may have been uh, reading up recently about the announcements that have been made by both Rupert Murdoch um, and here in Australia his major competitor Fairfax that they're going to start charging at the end of this year for uh, their online news service. Yeah, well, that's not going to work, is it? Well, because it because cannot you, possibly you, you, work. You, 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 uh, well, as long as you've got people like the ABC and the BBC um, who will continue to provide it free, uh, and as, assuming they can be persuaded to do so, which they, uh, legislatively they have to, uh, then people will just go there. I mean, the... Um, well, uh, even, the even 20, if they... The last 20 years... Uh, Murdoch and Fairfax have been cutting down, uh, cutting back on the quality of the journalism, and that's all you'd pay for. Well, yeah. that, that really is all that you would pay for. Hmm. So, if if they've uh, you know, for the last twenty years they've been uh, they've been reducing the quality of it, and now they want you to pay for it, it's actually the wrong way around. Yeah, <laughs> they should have been increasing the quality. It is, and I I'm really fascinated by the way, and, and I'm I'm reading between the lines here the way Murdoch announced it. He actually. Um, says that they have to start charging because they cannot afford to support and pay for the massive number of journalists that they employ. Now, by putting that twist on it, to me that signals uh, that when it doesn't work, when they lose readers and uh, they're not making the money, it then signals to the world that, okay, time for plan B, let's now get rid of a large percentage of the journalists that we've employed. Yeah, but they're, they're doing that anyway, I think. I mean, I, I haven't got the figures, but uh, the number of uh, journalists are being reduced. It's a, it's a really interesting... I mean, uh, it, it, uh, I think they'll get a, a larger share of a declining market, which is people reading print media. Yes. So, so, so um, the people who look at you know, the Age or the Herald Sun online uh, as a substitute for looking at it in hard copy uh, are, may well shift back to hard copy, but that market's declining. I mean, there's people oh. older than you and me who are used to that sort of thing. No, it, it won't drive uh, people you, back to the um, print. It'll, it'll drive people to alternative sources. And you've suggested the ABC and BBC uh, as reliable yeah. alternative sources, but there are plenty of others out there, the new media that... Uh, that, I mean, seeing services yeah. such as um, Dig and Delicious that uh, that allow the, yeah. the high quality things to float to the surface and the and the scum to to sink and so on. I mean, there are so many good new services out there that that will filter and provide you with quality news feeds. Uh, yeah, and uh, and and uh, I think again, there's a lack of understanding about, on, on the part of the older generation there uh, of uh, of what the whole thing's about. I mean, pe people just don't sit around reading newspapers anymore. That's right. Yes. I mean, the uh, uh, the Age and the Herald Sun used to do very well out of a good public transport system, which is why they campaign so strongly um, uh, uh, for it. Because uh, yeah, be, be, because you can read a newspaper while you're sitting in a train. You shouldn't read a newspaper while you're driving a car. But they've totally screwed up their revenue stream. Totally screwed up their revenue stream from that segment of the market by um, by launching their free MX and like that's right, the MX their free newspapers. So it doesn't doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. They once again they they seem to be randomly moving from one direction to another without any clear idea as to how they can generate revenue out of uh, their traditional business. 
and and yes, the, I mean the, the grand strategy certainly doesn't seem to be there, does it? So um, I mean, it, it'd be, be be interesting. I know there's a, a couple of, uh, of ex students of mine, ex uh, graduate students of mine, who um, uh, well, it's uh, I'm thinking of one guy in particular from the Herald Sun who may well have a different view on this. So I hope he's listening. We might get some feedback from him too. Mm, good. Yep. Now, wait. Uh, I I'm not undercover, and it's actually starting to drizzle. So <laughs> <laughs> for the first time ever, I'm going to I'm going to cut this short rather than having you cut this short because I'm going to day get frostbite. I'm not careful. It's not a problem. After all, an English summer. So, <laughs> and I know it's early morning there. So again next week. <laughs> okay, yeah. Cole. Look, thank oh, you yeah. so much for your time. Uh, lovely to talk to you, and glad we've uh, spent a bit of money. What was it? One point three billion dollars on Skype. <laughs> one point nine billion US dollars. Yeah. <laughs> one point nine. One point nine. Goodness yeah. me. Cracky. So that, that, that's more. That's more than two billion Australian. Yes. That's an awful lot. Okay. See you later. You take care. See you later. And uh, see you. Bye. So ending that call uh, with Cole on Skype, and um, <laughs> good to have uh, have a UK correspondent this week. Um, and uh, yeah, Cole will be back uh, back in Melbourne next week, so I'll be talking uh, with him face to face on the couch when he does get back. And of course, to take us out this week, our music track of the week. Um, ah, just by coincidence, the band has got the word "cold" in their name. It's B.J. Lloyd and the Cold December. They're a Melbourne-based band, um, and this track has come from Mevio's Music Alley, which you can check out online at music.mevio.com. Um, now, this BJ Lloyd and the Cold December, they actually got to number one in the Triple J Top 100 Unearthed charts uh, recently, so uh, you may be familiar with this track. It's called The Messenger.
Conversation by calling plus sixty one three double nine zero three double one double nine or by emailing podcast at monishmarketing.com. This podcast is protected under a Creative Commons Attribution Non Commercial Share Alike license. You are welcome to share and remix this podcast for non commercial purposes. <laughs>